0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's
1: everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment.
2: From the editors of
1: Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with
2: Alisa Benson. Hi guys, welcome to Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour. I'm your host, Lisa Benson. Um, I like to say that every hour at Cosmo is Happy Hour. Um, I just want to set up that right now we are recording this for the first time at the Cosmo office and we're in our unicorner, which is like a tiny little jail cell of a room that is just decorated in unicorn photos. So I think it's important for you to know um, what we're looking at right now. I am here with Sex and Relationships editor Emma Berker, health editor Elizabeth Narens, and CosmoForLatinas.com editor Alana Nunez. And today we are talking about body image in the internet. Sort of this idea we're living in a very no filter her moment and sort of this idea, is that helping us or hurting us? So today we're going to kind of talk about a timeline of body image. And when I say a timeline of body image, I really mean like a timeline of my own body image, (laughs) my own thoughts about it, really. Um, Some stories that have been blowing up on Cosmopolitan.com because this is just a huge topic for our readers. Um, I don't know that everyone would know that, but it's one of the most popular content areas on the site. Um, And then I sort of want to try to end with a definitive statement and really try to answer that question, like, is this no-filter moment we're living in helping us or hurting us? Um, Sound good, you guys? I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, That sounds awesome. (laughs) All right. The unicorns are shaking their heads. Um, (laughs) They're in, too. Okay, so I kind of really wanted to establish this sort of idea of a body image timeline. So I'm going to go through this, and you guys should interrupt and jump in when I'm totally wrong. But... You know, when I I think about sort of like growing up in the 80s and 90s, I think it was this moment where there was a lot of awareness about how media messages were impacting young women in particular. And so I think we all grew up at a time where teen magazines were writing a lot about anorexia, bulimia. There was a lot of awareness about this, you know, a lot of sort of pieces, service pieces about how to get help if you need it. Um, you know, 1991, I feel like this is important to mention, in 1991, Naomi Wolf, who's feminist writer, wrote the book, The Beauty Myth, and it was sort of this instant bestseller. And it was really this call to action about this idea that as women become more powerful, there is even more expectation about how they're supposed to look. So, um, I don't know. Did you guys read that book in college? I feel like it came out in 1991 and was a big deal and kind of became a part of a lot of, like, women's studies curriculum. You guys read it? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, I kind of feel like it's impossible to talk about body image without mentioning that moment and how popular that book was. And she really put the media sort of, like, on... What's the word that I'm like looking for there? She sort of like really blasted the media and said that like media is perpetuating this idea of having to look a certain way and this really strict adherence to beauty ideals, and that this is all you know sort of contributing to the patriarchy and men having more power than women. Um, since that happened, I think the more recent conversation to get us, like, up to speed has really been over the past few years about Photoshop. Like, we all know there are a million, like, blogs and th- Tumblers out there that are mm. specifically dedicated to chronicling Photoshop fails. And, um, you know, we've seen companies that are really addressing this. Like, thinking about, you know, American Eagle, Aries Line, their current campaign, Aries Real, You know, this promise we're not going to Photoshop the women that are wearing our underwear, um, and our bras and everything. Emma Roberts is the spokesperson right now, and, you know, they're promising, like, she doesn't need Photoshop, she doesn't need retouching, and neither the, do you.
3: You know, we've seen magazines doing makeup-free covers. Right. Um, There's, like, underwear lines that do that do put out calls for, rather than having, like, quote-unquote models, they have, quote-unquote, real women real modeling women. their their clothing. And, you know, they're still gorgeous women, but they're not size two I guess is what constitutes a real woman. Exactly and we actually hear a
2: lot of we should talk about that a little later we hear a lot of um sort of backlash from our readers about that whenever we say real women because yeah, like, what's real women? a real woman? Exactly exactly but in the context we talk about it we sort of mean someone that isn't a professionally paid model but um and then I think the other thing you know this for a few years I think we've had this sort of Photoshop backlash moment and one one thing that I feel feels very uniquely 2015 in terms of talking about body image is this idea of this body positive movement. You know, we have seen like you were talking about with the underwear you know we've seen a lot of real women to use that word sort of organizing these campaigns of saying like share photos of your stretch marks share photos of your post-pregnancy body um, a lot of sort of fat acceptance you know women sort of reclaiming the idea that I'm fat and I'm okay with that um, so I kind of think that is really because of the internet the moment that we're in right now where it's sort of giving a voice to women that are saying I don't have a mainstream body and I'm proud of it but um, And, you know, I also think the other thing that's happening in 2015 from a health perspective is that our understanding of eating disorders is so much more nuanced than it was maybe when it was like, do you guys know what anorexia is? Um, And, you know, sort of understanding that those issues aren't as straightforward as they might seem. It's not easy to, you can't just say, because we see images of photoshopped women, that is giving women eating disorders. You know, there's been a lot more studies and a lot more understanding of the way your relationship with your friends, your relationship with your mom, your relationship with your sorority sisters, how all of those things can kind of impact the way you feel about yourself. Um, So I think that's all a very long way of saying that's kind of the timeline is the way I see it and that this is a complicated issue and it's one that comes up for Cosmo editors all the time because we serve an audience of millennial women and because these stories perform incredibly well for us. So Emma, Emma, I want to throw to you because you edit a lot, not all of them, but you edit a lot of these pieces Mm -hmm. that go on the site about body image. So can you talk about what kind of stories that feel really 2015 to you that have blown up for you this year?
3: Sure. So a lot of the stories that were really popular this year, one was um, a story about a woman named Taryn Brumfit who posted an image on her social media, I think it was on her Facebook originally, that was a classic before and after weight loss photo. We've all seen them. They're in like those ads for weird dietary dietary supplements where the person is in the original photo and they're 300 pounds and in the second photo they look like a totally different person and they're holding pants that are three feet out (laughs) from their waist. Um, She kind of turned that on on its head and did a photo shoot where the before is her as a fitness model, which is what she was in her 20s or in her earlier life. And, you know, modeling in bikini, she's ripped. She looks incredible and just like impossible body. And then the after is after she had her child Um, And, you know, it's a beautifully shot photo. She's completely naked, Mm -hmm. but she's, like, you know, tastefully covered by her own limbs. And um, she just has, like, pudge, you know? She has a bit of a belly. She has stretch marks. She is not toned like she is in the other photo. And a lot of people really related to this, I think, in that, like, oftentimes the before and after isn't necessarily going in the same direction losing weight you know Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's going the other way and she really loved that about herself and was happier with her current body
2: and and right and I think that's so interesting that you know and I want to talk specifically about this idea of before and afters Elizabeth I have a question for you about this in just a second but you know those have always sort of been that classic trope of showing like before and after, the idea that your entire life, the before and after in your life revolves around losing a certain amount of weight. Right. And so she's really flipping that idea, you know, on its head and saying, like, this is my after. This is what I look like now, when I'm happy and healthy, and maybe I I wasn't toned or thin in the same way that I was in my 20s. But I think that's really powerful, and I think that's why that image blew up so much. Yeah,
3: and she actually ended up starting a website called the Body Image Movement, um, after that went viral and called for, you know, other people's photos and people photos just poured in of other people's before and afters with that were, you know, opposite before and afters. And, um, yeah, it just kind of created a social media outpouring.
2: Right. And we've seen that a lot. You know, one image that goes viral and then women just sort of can't wait to contribute to that, I mm-hmm. think, which is really powerful. Um, so, Elizabeth, I wanted to ask you about this before and after questions. You've done a lot of pieces about this this Australian trainer, Kayla, I don't know how to say her last name. It's, um, it's Seeness. It's Seeness. Okay, yeah. Kayla Seeness. So she is fascinating to me. So she's a licensed trainer and she is essentially selling her workout guides and she's amassed, how many? Three, over three million followers on Instagram alone. Yeah,
0: 3.7. 3.7. <laughs> As oh of my today. <laughs> Kayla,
2: you're a phenomenon. So she <laughs> has amassed this huge following and what is so interesting to me about her is she posts before and after pictures of women that are using her guide and have made incredible transformations to their bodies. So she's sort of, by using her fitness tutorials that she's selling. So um, this is kind of a marketing play for her. Um, And what I think is so interesting about this is that, again, before and afters have been around since the dawn of weight loss time. But the idea that she's using these as marketing, but that she has built a following through that. You know, this isn't just someone seeing an image and deciding to buy her guide. They actually want to follow her um, and so I think it's interesting that, and I think she sort of represents the moment of this sort of intersection between body image and the internet and that she has really built a community around this. Right. So you've interviewed her before. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how she has built this community and kind of how that maybe makes body image different than 10 years ago where maybe you were seeing a before and after and that was a very private and personal experience. And now it's something that you can experience in community
0: with 3.7 million other people. Right, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that, that it's different now than it was um, back in the day. I mean, I think even 10 years ago, um, you know, you would lose 10 pounds and you would kind of be waiting for people to notice and compliment you while those people that do notice and are thinking maybe I should compliment this person, they look really great, um, they're worried that that's not PC and Mm -hmm. that that's not okay to comment on someone's weight. Um, and I think that just the era of Instagram um, and people like Kayla have made it more normal to see those before and afters and also just give people a forum to kind of do that humble brag post and show off what they've been working for and share your progress. Right, right. Um, And I think from that person's point of view, the person that's putting in the work and losing weight um, or working out a ton, um, they have that kind of Confirmation that they look good and it makes them feel better. Um, so I think that you know it's the oldest trick in the book to use this before and afters as a marketing ploy, um, and I think it's working now just because people are so sick of seeing false promises and those diet pills that don't work or are not safe, um, and you know even. Headlines um, all over the internet where you're going to lose you know ten pounds in five days, and it's just completely unrealistic. So I think that um, what Kayla's doing is wor- is working, just because it's the kind of the proof is in the pudding. I mean, it's, it's showing that things work. And that being said, I think that there's the other side of the story where you're seeing um, those Photoshop photos and those. Um, like self tanner contours that make you look like you have a six pack, and those people that go viral for taking one photo and then sucking in and taking an after photo and right. looking, you know, ten pounds lighter, and they're not really all they're cracked up to be. So I think while um, those photos can be really motivating, um, they can also be really kind of demotivating right? and just because they're unrealistic and photoshopped and all of that
2: right and i think that's sort of like part of the question that we're hopefully going to answer in you know the next 30 minutes (laughs) you know (laughs) that can be very motivating for some people but like can probably be unmotivating for others can probably be triggering for others right um and so sort of i don't think it's simple enough to say this is good or this is bad but Mm -hmm. sort of What is your take on that? Like, is this good? Is it bad? Does it just depend on the person? Does it depend on a million things?
0: I think it does depend on a million things, and I think it's the difference between someone who follows, someone like Kayla, and someone who doesn't. Right. Um, Some people want to see those before and afters, and some people want that reminder or that motivation. It's like the person that's going to put, you know, a skinny photo of themselves on on their fridge and the person that just doesn't give a fuck and (laughs) isn't going to follow and isn't going to use um, other people's weight loss photos as a a motivation. Right, Um, And then I think that outside of those before and afters and that whole weight loss transformation thing, I think there's also other kinds of motivating photos that you can, you know, opt into following on Instagram. You can look at women who are really strong or plus size athletes um, or just athletes in general that are proving that every day that. You know, strength is likable on Instagram and elsewhere and um, beautiful and and motivating in that way.
2: I think that's a good point of saying like, okay, there might be a million images out there in the world and some might make you feel bad about yourself. But so go to one of the other kinds of images or follow one of these other people that is maybe motivating in a way that makes more sense for you or speaks to you. Um, We've also seen, I feel like we have to touch on this in this episode, but certainly in terms of social media, you know, we've seen communities like Tumblr and Instagram, you know, ban certain blah 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 blah. We've (laughs) seen communities like Tumblr and um, Instagram ban certain hashtags. You know, you can't search for hashtag Thinspo, but you can search for something like Fitzpo. of course we all know that everyone gets around this if you want to see a certain kind of image it's easy to find it but like I think that those social networks were sort of maybe a bit unfairly sort of under fire for being a community where people are finding images that could be triggering um and I don't I don't know it's such a fine line
0: when you're talking about the difference between an image that's okay or an image that isn't It's such a fine line. I mean, the same goes for weight loss. You know, weight loss is great, and it's motivating, and it makes you healthier until it doesn't, and it makes you unhealthy. Right. Um, So I think it's just a matter of balancing, and I think that those hashtags are banned because they're motivating a community of people who want to get to an unhealthy place. Right. Um, yeah I mean it's a fine line and it continues to be I don't think that there's necessarily an answer I mean I don't I'm not a fan of banning free speech or um, you know any kind of hashtag it's just that things can be destructive and I think that we need to work as a community to post images that are motivating in a way that is healthy and not destructive right
2: so sort of flood the zone approach right let's let's amplify the people that are doing this in like a a healthy way and know that okay. the other people that are maybe taking a less healthy approach are still out there, but kind of like try to drown them out a little bit. Right. For sure, for sure. So, one second. Okay. <laughs> In <kidding>. terms <laughs> <laughs> Um I'm <But> serious. <laughs> um, <laughs> great. Okay, so were you we good? Good. Okay. Um, So, Alana, I wanted to throw to you for a second, one of the articles that we were talking about before this was Eight Body Image Struggles That All Latina Women Understand, and it's illustrated with this, like, giant picture of J. (laughs) booty. Of course. (laughs) Of course. So talk about how that story resonated, you know, with your readers.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, I think there's this giant stereotype that all Latinas um, are super curvy, and I think that part of that, the reason that exists, is because the only Latinas you see in media are... Super curvy women like Sofia Vergara or Jennifer Lopez. And um, so I think that story did really well because, you know, if you're someone who's Latina like myself, who's like a short, chubby Latina who most decidedly does not have a JLo booty, it's really, right? Like, I mean, it's true. Not an, I'm not under any illusions about how I look, um, but it's tough to grow up and not see yourself represented in media. And I think that's actually tough for women anyway, no matter what, because as we are all very aware of, um, there's already this pressure for women to look a certain way. And so to add on top of that, for I think a lot of Latinas, it's to look like a very certain way. Um, And so I think that did really well because there are just so many Latinas out there who are like, hey, like, I don't look like J-Lo and I don't look like Sofia. And I think, you know, like, I hope that's okay. But, you know, is it? Because those people aren't in media and so I don't see myself.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And there's, I mean,
2: there is, we don't have to go too much into this, but there have been a lot of like, you know, horrifying news stories that have blown up about like women getting, you know, butt implants.
1: Well, and plastic surgery is such a thing in so many places in Latin America and it's definitely, I mean, medical tourism is on the rise anyway, um, but it's definitely, I think, as well, a cultural thing. You know, plastic surgery is commonplace in places like Brazil, um, places like Venezuela because there's this Idea. I mean, and of course, to backtrack for a second, when we talk about, I think, Latinas, we have to be really careful that it's like you have Latinas in the US and you also have like Latin America. And it's definitely going to be different. You know, the stuff, I think the body image issues that um, Latinas in the US versus Latin American women. Uh, might suffer from, or, you know, there'll be some overlap, but I definitely just want to be clear that I can't obviously speak for, like, every Latina woman everywhere, and especially not many, you know, Latin American women, Um, but plastic surgery is commonplace there, because there's just this idea that you have to look a certain way, and you'll see it in Spanish language media as well, that all of the Spanish language, um, or all of the women on Spanish language media are... It's you know it's exactly like it is here. You look one certain way. Um, they're all super super conventionally attractive, like thin women, huge boobs, big butt. Like they're all white. Like there's a big um, problem I think too in Latin American. Uh, Spanish language media with a lot of people just not being able to grow up seeing themselves represented.
2: Sure, and I th- and I think you know it's one thing if you're saying like the stereotypical beauty idea is ha- ideal is to have blonde hair. It's like okay, well we can all dye our hair blonde <laughs> relatively easily, you know, if you
3: want to. Not, I feel like that came out like I'm saying that's what people should do, <laughs> which is It's I mean. just a changeable feature. It's a changeable mm-hmm. feature, exactly. Whereas like weight loss or weight gain, either right. one is being extremely curly, difficult, and even exactly. if yeah. you, yeah, and even if you lose weight, you're not necessarily going to get the body shape that you want sure like, yeah. it's kind of a toss-up
2: sure <laughs> so it's something like if you are saying like the ideal is to have giant boobs or like have the j-lo booty pop it's like there's <laughs> only so much you can do through right
1: squat. and that is of course not to say that j-lo isn't gorgeous you know or Sophia isn't gorgeous sure. but i think there's also another added layer in the latino community which is that um you know i've had people say to me before that they think it's like oh Latinos are like more accepting of curves, but really Mm -hmm. it's if you're curvy in the quote unquote right places you know if you're not you're you know what I mean you're nobody is celebrating you and I think that's why you know Latinas for example have um, uh, studies show they suffer from the same body image issues that like if not more, at the same rate, if not more, than non-Latina girls and women, but they're less likely to be diagnosed with eating disorders, for example. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, not, it's less likely to be caught, I think, by both within like the Latino community, by your family, but also by professionals, because it's seen as something that doesn't happen in the Latino community if that makes sense no
2: that makes perfect sense and I was actually thinking just as you're talking about just the whole idea of the word
3: curvy which I feel like I've used 19 times already in this podcast. Oh, me too I'm sure <laughs> I feel like it's totally been co-opted like it used to mean like basically plus size sure. like people people realized oh plus size isn't the most like considerate way to phrase this so like maybe we'll use curvy instead and like curvy girl meant like girl who's not totally straight figured mm-hmm. And um, I feel like now it means like Kim Kardashian who works out like 90 hours a day and has sick abs but like happens to have a big butt and big boobs. Right, and I think it's also
2: just we don't really have a vocabulary to talk about women that don't, aren't that sort of that don't have Blake Lively's body. So yeah. it's like, right. if you don't have Blake Lively's body, like you're probably curvy, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's
0: <laughs> interesting that curvy used to be an insult, and now it's kind of desirable. And even just speaking about the Latina community, I mean, um, you know, body shaming is body shaming. Whether it's skinny shaming or lack of curve shaming, mm-hmm. shaming or um, fat shaming, I mean, it's
1: shaming by any Anyway, and, you put in skinny, sure. and I think skinny shaming is also a, a you know a thing. It's a thing, I, like no matter uh, where Any you're community. from or who you are, right? Any community, but it's you know there's again in the Latino community, it's like you're supposed to have these killer curves. So if you're thin maybe you you live up to the mainstream media's expectations of what a woman should look like but you fail as far as what the latino community expects you to look like so there's definitely no way to win i think i mean there's no way to win if you're a woman anyway really right so, there's no way to uplifting
2: win. right <laughs> great. Okay. great okay bye everybody cool. there's no way to win um i wanted to touch on something that demi lovato said a few years ago because it, it feels relevant to what we're talking about but she came out with this quote I'm like, props to Demi for summarizing everything we just talked about better than I could. But I think this was last year in 2014. But she said, you know, when I was growing up and when when I was a preteen, the people that I had to look up to for body image were extremely underweight. They were all very bony at that time, and that was the in thing. I really credit women like Beyonce and Kim Kardashian. They completely revolutionized our generation's view of what beautiful is. And I think that's really interesting. I mean, Demi has sort of... Poor Demi has... She has been very public, talking about her own struggles with eating disorders and with body image, um, and with substance abuse. And. And I say poor Demi in the sense that she's been open talking about that, and ha- and as a result has now become the sort of like de facto spokesperson for right, every the issue avatar ever. for every body <laughs> right, issue, right? Exactly, which isn't fair, which isn't fair. But it is interesting to hear someone who is famous saying, "I credit women like Beyonce and Kim Kardashian for sort of bringing body acceptance mainstream." It's a very complicated thing to say because Beyonce and Kim are gorgeous women with yeah. completely mm-hmm. unrealistic bodies, so. <laughs> It sort of you know I feel and that goes back to Alana what you were saying about JLo. lo like I just like I don't know how to feel about this in my heart you know like on one hand you do want to see more body diversity but if it's kind of just a different sort of ideal. Is that really helpful? Right.
1: It's so tough and I feel like every day I'm always, I feel like I too probably even in this podcast already, you know, I hold JLo up as the avatar for everything Latina which is also not fair because right. she's just one Latina and she cannot represent every Latina everywhere also. Um, and it's so tough when it's like, you know, she's a gorgeous woman and I would probably kill to look like J-Lo really you know yes. um, and so I hate that it's you know that I sound like I'm tearing her down when I say that it's still just one more way though that women you now have to look like J-Lo the tiny waist and the big butt and the big boobs and it's just like so many women are, just don't have that it's just not realistic for them like it's not attainable and so what do you do right so a story that went did really well for us and went kind of viral
3: last year, actually, was a story in which one woman took a photo of herself, I think she was in a bra and underwear, and sent it to Photoshop <laughs> supposed experts, although some of them were questionable, <laughs> um, in different ci- in different cities around the world, sure. and asked them to Photoshop her according to the, her their country's beauty standards. And I think people found that really fascinating because I don't think it's necessarily that, you know, everyone has to be skinny or everyone has to be one way, but it does vary greatly based on where you live. And um, some of the ways that they photoshopped her were really fascinating, It's like, oh, you know, this is something that we find maybe unattractive in America, but in North Africa, this is what's super attractive for them. Um,
0: it's interesting that each of those Photoshoppers, despite their s- skills or lack thereof, um, knew what to do. You know, they knew what the, the beauty ideal was. Mm-hmm. That's a
2: good point. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, the beauty ideal. Like <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, I got this. <laughs> exactly.
3: Like everyone, right? No matter where you are, no matter who you are, everyone sort of knows. Right. What but that some means. one conclusion that I was actually really interesting was that. Um, every single culture had a very specific one, and the U.S. was just, like, a little confused. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Because I feel like we have so many... We have so many different beauty standards. Like, we have the curvy girl who has huge boobs and a huge butt but tiny waist, and then we have the supermodel who's super straight and her clothes look like they're on a hanger, and... I
0: feel like that's kind of good, that there are so many different options, Yeah, so
3: I think it seemed like of all the countries the U.S. seemed the most diverse, but maybe she just got the most photoshoppers from the U.S. I don't well,
1: know. I think that would make sense because I think the U.S. compared to a lot of different countries, first, is huge, geographically speaking, and so we have all this, we do have a lot of diversity, I think. I think a lot of other countries, especially the smaller ones, have a much more um, homogenous population, and so I think it probably... I think it makes sense maybe that the U.S., like our beauty ideal is maybe changing or maybe, as you said, just a little confused. I don't know. I think that's good. I think the diversity is great. It's just that
0: at the end of the day, um, you know, you're going to body shame yourself if you harp on a particular body type or an ideal that your physical body frame can't conform to. Um, And I think that despite, you know, the diversity in body shapes we see and Curvier celebrities. I think that at the end of the day, it's the relationship that you have with your body, and you need to figure out what you can change and what you can what you can work with, um, and just accept yourself and. To a certain extent,
2: my um, roommate and I always joke that like, and like, I've just never in my life lost weight ever. Like, it's just never happened. I just every year weigh more than I did the year before.
1: (laughs) But me too,
3: really cool. (laughs) It is what it is, and like, I just don't think that's every twenty something woman
1: actually. Whatever, I I was built for comfort, not speed, (laughs) so it's fine. But I love
3: that. Yeah, and it's
2: like, do I make an effort to change it? Like sometimes for a week, I'll be like, I'm gonna do yoga every day, and then I don't. And that's that. But, um, and then it's like, ooh, cupcakes in the office again. But what I was going to say is, like, my roommate and I always joke, like, oh, instead of losing weight, like, you know what's easier than losing weight is just having, like, irrational self-confidence.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like that. I do. Yeah, that's amazing.
3: <laughs> it's like, you know what the secret but is? But I don't think it's even irrational. Yeah. Like, I feel like self-confidence you're is a lie. You're saying a, a hottie. Lie. Yeah, I am saying you're a hottie, but I'm also saying that I think confidence is a lie you tell yourself until you finally believe it. Like, I don't think anyone is just, like, naturally a confident person. Right. Like, I think the people who seem effortlessly confident are the ones who society is telling that lie to. Mm. So, like, society is the one telling them just, like, oh, you're beautiful. Like, everyone else is telling them they're beautiful so they feel confident because they don't have to convince themselves of it. But I think the people who, you know, maybe have to work a little harder at it Like, you can be just as confident as those people if you just convince yourself you're confident. Right.
1: From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Alisa Benson.
2: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to the Cosmo Happy Hour with Alisa Benson. Can I also say something related to this that I feel like we have to talk about at Cosmo that's disgusting, but I think is true. <laughs> I do think this isn't the way it should be, but I do think you get a lot of confidence.
3: Are you going to say from Instagram likes? Oh
2: my god, no. Oh, yeah, Because I do. <laughs> do. Yeah. Oh my god. I yeah, think yeah. all my confidence do. comes from Instagram. Likes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I think you do get a lot of confidence from basically when basically from other people finding you sexually attractive and i think it's that's not the way it should be it should be like my myself yay but like i think you know like no one liked me when i was a teenager like boys never whatever whatever and like i feel like for a lot of women it's really hard to separate that kind of acceptance from how you feel about your body and that's not it's the way it should great. be, but, like, mm-hmm. I'm right, right? Yeah. And I'm I
3: think right. it goes the other way as well. We did a survey last year of our readers about um, turn-ons and turn-offs and times they found it, you know, this is going to get sexy, so get ready. Yeah, um, it should. Times they, you know, reasons that they found it hard to orgasm during sex. And one of the biggest issues that came up that people were very um, – uh, honest about was that one of their biggest problems and reasons that they have a tr- trouble orgasming is because they don't feel comfortable in their own body. Right. You know, it's just that they're sitting there thinking like, oh my god, I look gross naked. Or, you know, I hate that my stomach is jiggling in this way. And that's what's distracting from their sexual pleasure. And um, that's a huge problem.
2: Right. And if I can put... Obviously, like a lot of our readers are in lesbian relationships, but if I can just put men on blast for a second, sure, um, yeah, I like not that I don't every day put men on blast (laughs) in my own life in my own way. But you know, I think men are dummies and they like give compliments like two times a year, and I think a lot of them just don't know. You know, it would make such a big difference to just like for them to say to their partner like. Like he you look beautiful. Yeah. Exactly,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah, it's like the
0: cosmos sex tip. Just compliment your partner. <laughs> That's literally all it <laughs> They're takes. You're going to
1: more. <laughs> right. You know what I think, and obviously this is based on my own personal experience, so anecdata for the win, not based on any scientific study at all, but I think that men like i mean i think men like a lot of different things when it comes to women but they're not told that that it's okay to like different things so like they're not told that it's okay to be attracted to a woman who's above a certain size or something even though i actually think a lot of men are mm-hmm. they just don't want to say it out loud and so then they you know they won't tell you like i think you're really hot and i like I want to have sex with you you know I guess people don't really say it like that but you know what I mean yeah, like, I know I want point. to have sex with you but right. like but I think I want to have
2: sex with all of you guys. no but I Sexy. mean I think that's a good point the idea that men are also internalizing this idea yeah. of like what a certain kind of woman likes and so maybe they don't it wouldn't even occur to them to compliment somebody that doesn't look like whatever like porn actress they watch mm-hmm. on TV
1: I don't know. I, I think, think TV, it's just another like, way the patriarchy like in the 80s. hurts men too. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. You know, it's like, I think it's just another way the patriarchy, uh, you know, hurts men and women because it's like men are taught these things, women are taught these things, and consequently nobody talks to each other. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I think, Elizabeth, you nailed it. We have to go back to that. It's like number one sex tip her she's hot.
0: Exactly. Compliment but I think-
2: foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yes. You like just like, story like, on that compliment foreplay. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, it's just 15 minutes of compliments to each other, <laughs> right. and then you're both aroused. It's like the
2: one <laughs> thing you're not stroking. Here
3: you go. <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge that compliment.
0: <laughs> I was just like, this story is writing itself. <laughs> I think actually, I don't think we can... um blame or credit men that much. I mean, I think in the age of social media, you can get pod- positive reinforcement really from anyone. And, you know, Emma, as you said, how you get most of your confidence from likes on Instagram. I think <laughs> that, you know,
3: in that real that's life... I like, <laughs>
0: Parker,
2: TM, like on your tombstone. No. She got her likes, she got her confidence from likes on
0: Instagram. <laughs> Seriously, I mean... I'm depressed now, you guys. No shame there. No, but I mean, I think getting compliments in real life can... Almost be replaced by getting compliments on Instagram or elsewhere. I mean, if someone, if if you post, um, you know, a flattering selfie of yourself and you get a million likes on Instagram, it doesn't matter if you have like a guy sitting there stroking your ego because you feel amazing. And I think that social media gives you this opportunity to get that positive reinforcement that you need. So it's not just like, you know, taken ladies kind of <laughs>
3: right yeah and i shouldn't um, specify bang. that guys like compliments from guys is what you need for confidence like i think it's all it comes from within yourself but honestly like women should compliment each other more. Well,
2: I also think, and that's I'm a being 100% point. serious about this, even though it's going to sound like a joke, I think women should compliment themselves more. Like, I yeah. feel like I'm an early adopter of self-complimenting, but mm-hmm. as I like to say, like, if you don't compliment yourself, who else will?
0: <laughs> well, that's how the selfie was born. I mean, it's a right. right. visual self-compliment.
2: Yes, that's a well said. A visual <laughs> self-confident. Or a visual... Blah, 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 blah. I'll just And like, then I'll actual
3: compliments when you get Instagram likes. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: But like, I literally have posted... For Photos, and again, like, I feel like I can get away with this because it almost plays as a joke, but I actually am being serious. Like, I've posted co- pictures before and been like, I'm posting this because I'm having a really good hair day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which people are like, haha, but it's like, no, but actually, I'm having a really good <laughs> hair gonna day. You're not going to
0: post your bad hair day, or few right, women would.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. I think I'm talking about social media, though, and you guys tell me if you've had a different experience with this, but I think one thing that we are lucky about, which is totally different from being literally Kim Kardashian, is that, like, if I post something, thing to my instagram people are going to comment positive things you know the rest of the internet is a terrible place where people are mean but within your own personal so- social networks sometimes it's almost embarrassing if you post something and you know it's like you're you know like my aunt sandy is like you look like an you know like you have the face of an angel <laughs> or, you know almost <laughs> like that reply. Over the, i know i know like liking all the replies but I feel it's like, like you're fishing for compliments right but it's just like within your own Which circle of friends like <laughs> people aren't really gonna be like meh.
3: Like no one's gonna say that. They do that by People not just liking won't your post. not say anything, <laughs> yeah. right? But don't you? And like, there's nothing worse than posting a selfie and getting silent. Silence right, the worst
0: insult.
2: Right. The other day, I posted two pictures from brunch, and um, of course you did. Yeah, of course they <laughs> did on Instagram. And like, one was a photo of avocado toast, and like, one was a photo Ugh, of, of me it. where I was, like, I spent like 20 minutes taking it, and I looked really pretty, and was like, should the avocado toast cleavage? get more likes? The avocado toast got more
0: likes. <laughs> but avocado toast is the <laughs> in internet goal. Honestly, know. it was
3: made I (laughs) liked the toast and I have to say that it was a little more relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. You could picture yourself with the toast. Yeah. Yeah. But like Uh, I could never hang out with someone as pretty as you. Oh
2: (laughs) this I feel like every podcast I just like find a way to like tell a lot of stories about how beautiful I am. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Um, yes, so, okay, what were we even talking about? Oh, one thing, this is from last year, but I feel like it kind of makes sense with what we're talking about now. There was actually a study that photos that have the hashtag no filter actually get more likes than photos without that filter. So, like, literally saying, like, you know, the whole idea of using the hashtag no filter is basically saying, like, look how beautiful I am naturally. And people respond to that. Like, that's kind of encouraging, right? No, yes. The same study also found that like 30% of photos with a no filter (laughs) actually have a filter. I think that's the issue.
3: Like, I'll post like a no makeup selfie, but it's like so heavily filtered that I look like I'm wearing makeup. Right. It's almost better than makeup at that point. Yeah, right. It's way better than makeup.
2: (laughs) We just did a story that went live. Oh, this is airing later. So we went, whatever. It doesn't matter. We just did a story. on What am I talking about? We just did a story on Cosmopolitan.com <laughs> of editors and women sharing their unfiltered selfies side by side with the filtered ones. But I actually think what was interesting when we put up that piece yesterday is I think we were hoping there would be this drastic difference and it would be really compelling you were all like exactly the yeah, same but, like, most it was like the sky like, was more blue <laughs> right exactly it was
3: like <laughs> the sky was more blue
2: but um, Emma I thought you had an interesting you shared one of your unfiltered selfies but I thought your commentary in the story was interesting where you were like I actually think this filtered version looks more like who I really
3: am I didn't, to be clear, I didn't say it looks more like who I am. (laughs) You were misquoted. No, I was accurately quoted. I'm misquoted by you right now. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) I was, um, I don't, I think the filtered version looks more like I think I look. Okay. Like in my mind, looking at those two photos, the unfiltered one, I'm like, I don't feel like I see that when I look in the mirror. Right. I don't, maybe other people see that when they look at me, (laughs) but I don't know. Um, But I think the reason, That filters are helpful is honestly like iPhone cameras no offense to Apple Mm -hmm. (laughs) like iPhone cameras aren't as good as our eyeballs yet and so like when I look at that photo that was unfiltered it's like it was taken in the subway there's like insane shadows over my face that I hate and (laughs) (laughs) hate shadows (laughs) literally fuck shadows (laughs) Um, but it uh I just feel like it looks like a gross picture of me, okay. and I just think the filter kind of takes that off. I think my eyes are really beautiful and striking. They are. They are. <laughs> they are. And I think the filter like accentuated that in a way that I think I see in everyday life. Right. I love that. It's like, <laughs> it's like the, the fil- filter is just like restoring me to my natural beauty. Right. Yeah, I was going to th- say the filter is in the eye of the bowler.
0: <laughs> there is such a difference between using a filter to fix your photography Can and I using a filter it? to fix your face. You know, I mean, I think, just as you said, iPhones kind of suck in many, many ways. Um, just in terms of the photography, and if you're not doing yourself justice, then that extra filter will give you the confidence to post that will give you the confidence of getting all of those likes. Yeah. Um, and no one's gonna post something that's unflattering. It's not and the Alisa, of selfies. And we, we were talking
3: right. earlier about the unflattering thing, and I think that's um, that's a big thing with body image. You know, with a selfie, like, you can really contort yourself to like not have double chins right. or like make your nose look small from a certain angle, and you really have a lot of power over that. And that doesn't really have anything to do with a filter, right? That's just about like how you learned how to pose, right? I don't like know what holding that says the camera
2: like ten feet away
0: from you. Yeah, but a good you, angle goes a long way. <laughs> right.
2: There's like that whole meme that like floats around that I feel like men think is men, like Reddit troll basement dwellers think is funny, where it's like you know the side by side of the same girl, and one is sort of like what she looks like on her Tinder picture and one is, like, what she actually looks like. Because, of course, the idea is that, like, we've all learned how to take a photo where we look hotter than we really are. Mm-hmm. But, like, again, yeah, I prefer to see
3: myself as I, hotter than I really am. Yeah, and I think <laughs> that goes it? back to, like, creating your own confidence. Yeah. Well, you know? I don't think it's necessarily deceptive. I mean, maybe on a dating site, I think it probably is. Right. Um, But... But
2: that's actually an interesting point. Is it deceptive if what you're putting forward is like the most confident version of yourself, right? Yeah. Everyone's like, probably. What's <laughs> all we'll think about that?
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, I think it's, um, I think women get, I think people, I'll backtrack, I think people do not like confident women, and so I think that it's seen as something you know, if you are really confident it's something that you shouldn't be, that you shouldn't like strive vain. for. Yeah, it's seen as vain, but it's like, I don't think there's any anything superficial about wanting to look your best, you know? I think it helps. Sometimes it makes me feel good if I'm like, hey, I'm having a great hair day, which is almost never, but like <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I feel like I look awesome right now and you know what, great. If it's that small thing that puts, like that helps um, sort of just give you an extra boost to go about your day, I don't think there's anything wrong with that and I think it gets a really bad Wrap, it can you know? spot I'm so glad that we're finally again, I feel like this is a very like twenty
2: fifteen moment where where, um you know, the Amy Schumer sketch that was kind of making fun of all these like, basically it was making fun of One Direction although she doesn't call out One Direction mm-hmm. but you know, all of these sort of songs in this like narrative of like, like, like Girl, you're beautiful. Yeah, girl, you're beautiful and you, you don't, don't even know You don't know you're it. beautiful. Yeah. Thanks and, like, for telling me. Right. I had no idea before you
1: told me. Right,
2: and like isn't it so attractive that you think you're a disgusting dumpster <laughs> but
1: like I'll tell you the truth about it. But the minute you think you're not a disgusting dumpster, oh, you and become like, a disgusting disgusting dumpster right. yeah right exactly <laughs> can't win exactly
2: and I think like I feel like we all feel so eye rolly about that so I'm sort of glad that it's now it's like okay we can all agree it's like it's at the point where you can make fun of that. You can yeah. make fun of the scene in a romantic comedy where a guy says like looks deep into her eyes and says
0: you don't even know how beautiful you are. Like that's <laughs> like
3: yeah, a I do actually. Right.
2: It's like yeah, I do and I have the Instagram links to prove it. Yeah, we're
0: getting. We're kind of getting to a point where confidence is sexier than modesty and that's a really powerful place to be.
2: Yes. I like how I'm just, like, blah, blah, blah myself. And then, like, <laughs> Elizabeth Naren's coming like, said something smart about what we're talking about. Yay! That's why I'm not doing this all by myself, alone in the unicorn Um, We are running out of time. I had a whole list of questions. I don't know if we talked about any of them. I got so distracted mm-hmm. talking about Instagram likes. But um, is there anything else that I told you guys to prepare, then forgot to ask
3: you about, that mm-hmm. you want to jump in about now? Such a great host. Mm-hmm. I think something that... Uh, Goes back to like how how we see these images, these like you know sexy images that people put online of like you know I'm so confident in my body that I could take uh, a photo in my underwear and post it on my Facebook, or that I could do this viral video where I'm standing in my underwear in the city ta- like town square and people like write stuff on my body, or I'm so confident that I did this nude photo shoot right after giving birth is, you know, a lot of people do those kind of photo shoots to uh, show that they're confident but also to show other women that that's okay and kind of to counter the um, movement that you mentioned in the 80s and 90s that was, you know, uh, our body image problems are coming from media and to kind of counter that we're always seeing these certain body ideals in magazines and on news, um, on newsstands and in advertising and they're just trying to counter that by putting these like quote unquote real bodies out there but um, I wrote a piece or uh, I think it was last late late last year that was um, basically about how you know I had never even really thought about my body. Uh, In a negative or positive way. Like, it was just the thing that carried me. It was like the bag of bones and, like, (laughs) meat that, like, carried me around every day. That's poetic. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, That's also going on my tombstone. But I realized a bag
0: of bones (laughs) and (laughs) meat.
3: She loved Instagram. Um,
0: Instagram loves her.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But. Basically, I'd never really even, you know, thought about, like, body image. I don't even think I had an image of my body. Like, I just felt n- totally neutral, which I was very <laughs> I happy I like how you were, like, I grew up in a vacuum. I, I thought of <laughs>
2: it. I am I amazed I by this. I, I read that piece did. and I was
0: amazed because I feel like even in this age of body acceptance, you're still, I mean... I would have to argue at least like 95% of people have that idea of what their body should or yeah. or shouldn't look like.
3: I think I just like...
0: Got my out alive. <laughs> is,
3: well, my mom is like such a feminist warrior and just like taught us to be super confident and like wouldn't buy us Barbies. So that's probably why. But, you know, Lame when, these, when <laughs> these like nude photos started getting very popular of like, this is what a real body looks like, this is what a real woman looks like, it almost made me... It made me, like, hate my own body more. Right. And the reason is because, you know, you're looking at all these bodies, and when you're looking at the cover of a magazine, you're looking at whoever, um, Blake Lively on the cover of a magazine, I am looking at that, and I know that she's Photoshopped heavily. I know Mm -hmm. that she works out a million hours a day with a personal trainer. I know that she had, like, contouring Spray tan. Spray tan. Magic. Magic. Yeah. Like she, her job is to look amazing, and she spends hours a day doing it. And I feel like, honestly, like anyone could look that amazing if anyone could look like that if they had that kind of team sure. behind it. So, it doesn't make me feel that bad to see her. Oh, my God. All the lights just went <laughs> out. I think there's a ghost. Oh, my God. The unicorner is haunted.
2: <laughs> I like how it's like anyone could look like that plunged into darkness.
3: <laughs> so, so, anyways. <laughs> okay, the lights, so anyway, the lights are back on now. The lights are back on. Crisis averted. Um... Whereas when you're looking at these quote-unquote like real women who are posting nude photos and you're seeing their bodies, that is a no-filter selfie and it's like, well, they still look better than me or like I still like her boobs better and it's not photoshopped or, you know, or I feel bad because I am looking at that and thinking, oh, I do like my body better and then I feel disgusting for like criticizing someone else's body. I just feel like sometimes the body image movement has um, backfired in some ways. Right, right. I th- and yeah, and you wrote a really well articulated
2: piece about that on the site that everyone should look for. What was it called? Do you remember?
3: Uh, I think it was called. I'll tell you in two seconds. Maybe. <laughs> nope. Uh, the it's body honest- I didn't know I had a body. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was a bag of bones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the body honesty movement made me feel worse about my body is what it's called.
2: Um, and on that depressing note,
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do want to, um, I said that we were going to end this by sort of coming to a decision about whether the no filter movement is hurting or helping us. Even though we spent the last hour talking about how there's no way to possibly make it that black and white. So I feel like your position, Emma, is sort of... It can be hard to see these images of real people, and maybe you just want to see the Blake Livelys of the world.
3: Yeah, I mean, not necessarily. I like seeing real women, but like, uh, I don't know that we have to be scrutinizing their bodies so much, right? You know, like, why does it? Why do they have to be totally naked? Where I'm like looking at every crevice, right? Like, can uh, like I want to see Melissa McCarthy on the red carpet? I want to see, you know. Sure. I want body to see diversity, for body sure. diversity, but I don't necessarily need to see like my whole Facebook feed taken up by like your underwear pictures.
2: Right, mm-hmm. right. So more body diversity, less naked.
3: Yeah, less <laughs> naked people on my Facebook feed, please. Right. And that's just like a
2: general rule that <laughs> yeah. maybe doesn't even have to do with body image. <laughs> okay, I agree with that. So, Elizabeth, final thoughts. Is it hurting or helping us?
0: Um, I think from an individual standpoint, I think if you need to slap a filter or five on a photo to make yourself feel better, then do it. I think that you can't, unlike Emma, I feel like you can't undo um, necessarily kind of like those images that you have in your head of how you want to look, even if it's just like, you know, less shadows under your eyes or better lighting or whatever. I think if it's going to make you feel better, do it. And I don't think it's going to make other people feel worse necessarily to see, as Alana was saying before, that confidence is kind of cool.
2: Okay, so pro-filter, own your confidence. Love it. Alana, final (laughs) thoughts?
1: Pro-filter, hmm. I guess I would say I am. Um, I think, I'm okay, I'm going to sidestep the question a little bit and say <laughs> that I Very don't... Very presidential
2: candidate. But I don't, yeah,
1: I don't know um, exactly how I feel, I guess, about filters and Instagram specifically, but that I do think social media overall has given um, a whole bunch of young girls and women who previously did never get to see themselves in popular media a new way um, to see themselves. It's given them access to all these other young girls and women who look like them and whether, um, so overall, I would say that yes, I think it is helping um, because I really do think, you know, there are just so many, if you're a young girl of color and you've just never seen someone like yourself in media, but you can now you have that access to Instagram and social media and you can see that like there are other people like you and that's cool you know so i think it's it's helping i my final thought is that i
2: couldn't agree more with you i think 2015 is the most accepting of looking how you want than probably any other time in my life and again maybe that's just my own irrational self confidence but i think it's a I think that it's a good time to be a woman and it's always going to be complicated to be a woman and these issues are going to get more and more and more complicated before they ever get less complicated but I feel sort of proud of the way that you that I think we are slowly chipping away at the idea that that a body ideal has to look one certain way and I think social media has had a lot to do with that. So, great. Problem solved. <laughs> okay. Everyone's um, confident now. Everybody, I know. <laughs> I know. Like, group hug after this, guys.
0: <laughs> well, what were we write about now?
1: I don't know. <laughs> right. There's nothing to write <laughs> about. We just can all go say. home. We'll
0: just, <laughs> more,
2: more sex. That's yeah. it.
1: That's it. That's all there's left. Compliment foreplay. Compliment foreplay. Compliment
2: foreplay. Expect to see that article up momentarily. In, in, right, I'm, I'm already writing You're it. You're already writing it. <laughs> great. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Cosmo Happy Hour. Um, follow us all on Twitter. Um, my name is Elisa Benson on Twitter, E L I S A. Do you guys want to shout out your Twitter
3: handles? Sure. I'm at, I'm a June, like E M M A, and then June, like the month. I'm at E J N A R I N S.
0: Are those your initials? Um, Yeah, Elizabeth Justin. Oh. Justin? Yeah. Oh, I, I love like that. Like the boy, but it. spelled like a girl, Y N N. Oh.
1: So, like, oh, androgynous. I cool. <laughs> Started it. <laughs> Um, and I'm at Alana K. Nunez, A-L-A-N-N-A-K-N-U-N-E-Z. Very long, I know. Uh, but yeah, Alana K. Nunez at Twitter, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <yeah, laughs> anyway. Twitter.com. Uh,
2: uh, yeah. All right, thanks, cool. so, thanks so much for turning. Oh my God, it's you can tell we're at the end because I can't talk anymore. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. See you next week at Cosmopolitan.com. Happy hour. Bye.